Hello, and welcome to Gen Nomadic, a podcast and community created by and for the next generation of globally-minded nomads. My name's Julia, and I'm 18 years old, about to enter into a world of post-pandemic apocalypse. I'm just as lost and confused as the rest of you might be, trying to figure out how to navigate a world of such uncertainty. I want to work and travel, but I have some questions, like do I need a degree? How do I travel ethically? Where can I find like-minded people, and will travel still exist post-pandemic, or is it just a thing of the past? Here at Genomatic, I want to create a community of like-minded travelers searching for a lifestyle that works for them. Each week, I'll interview global mentors and explore alternative lifestyle, sustainable travel, and weekly news about how the travel landscape is shifting in the midst of COVID-19. Through Genomatic, I want to empower you to explore the roads less traveled and to find out how you can create a fulfilling, purpose-driven alternative lifestyle in the midst of global chaos. Hey everyone, and welcome to this week's episode. This week I'll be interviewing Sydney. Sydney is an amazing travel coach. She works on mentoring people to travel more holistically and more sustainably. Um, and she's a really awesome person. Um, and I've gotten the the opportunity to work with her. Um, and we're now doing a webinar. Um, it's called the New Age Travel Webinar, um, which is going to take place on Wednesday at 11 a.m. this week. Um, and if you want to register for that, um, you can use the link in my bio on Instagram at Generation Nobad. Um, and we'll be covering all about how to travel sustainably, what the new age of travel is going to look like, and what that actually entails. Um, how to create your own personal travel mission statement, and a lot more around the future of travel and how to be a part of a positive change in the travel landscape. Um, But this week, Sydney will touch a lot on how she um, made travel her full-time job, how she planned and budgeted her gap year and her travels and a bunch of other things like that. So I hope you enjoy the episode today and keep on listening. Hello, and welcome to Gen Nomadic, a podcast and community created by and for the next generation of globally minded nomads. Today, I'm here with Sydney. Welcome, Sydney. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. I'm so excited to talk with you. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. Um, Let's just get started. So who are you and what do you do? Yes. um, Hi, everybody. My name is Sydney. I am 20 years old and I am a young solo female traveler. I really started my solo traveling adventures this past year in fall 2018 when I decided I wanted to take a gap year Um, and I chose to go to Hawaii for my first adventure Um, and right now I'm currently in home because of the pandemic which is Portland, Oregon in the U.S., That's awesome. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about your gap year experience and kind of like what motivated you to do that and how that experience was in general? Yes. Okay. So backtracking a bit, I graduated high school in 2018 um, and I felt like a lot of, there's a lot of pressure on me to go to university, go straight into college. And honestly, growing up, that's what I thought I was supposed to do. But by the end of my senior year, I had I had applied to a bunch of really nice universities, got accepted to them all, but I just couldn't really make a decision, mostly because I didn't know what I wanted to do, and I didn't want to commit to a huge like decision by going to a university, paying thousands and thousands of dollars without like 
clearly knowing what I want to do because I know it's like normal for people to jump around and like majors and stuff but that just isn't something I wanted to do and I personally am interested in so many things I was like ah what am I gonna do so I came to the conclusion that I would go to community college and just kind of take classes there to find to find my interests I went to my local community college and I ended up cramming in all 90 credits into one year or basically nine months. Um, but I did have dual credits from high school. So I already had about like 50 or 60 credits already for this community college. But then I graduated last summer from Mount Hood Community College with three associates degrees. And I still had no idea what I wanted to do. <laughs> I was like, I don't really want to go into university still. And so I was like, okay, let's look at this gap year option. And so I started looking at a bunch of programs, um, but I really couldn't find any that was like sustainable for my budget. Like there's this one I was super interested in. I think it was called Projects Abroad but they had no scholarships, they didn't have anything. And then like for nine months abroad of volunteering, it was like 30,000 and that was ridiculous. But, and there's a few other um, programs I looked into and I did make a few mistakes of like putting down payments and I couldn't get that money back, but honestly, just learning experience and you kind of move on from that. Um, and then my friend told me about WorkAway. Her brother had done WorkAway a bunch in Europe. And then I decided, well, I really want to go Hawaii. I'll apply to a bunch of WorkAways. And so that's what I did. I went to Hawaii on some WorkAways. I did one month in Oahu. I volunteered with Aloha Animal Sanctuary. I like that experience like changed my life. Like I met so amazing people, uh, so many amazing people. I, um, I felt like I'd also, I grew up being super in tune with like mother nature and like really caring about the world. But my high school experience kind of was lacking in that. So I re also really wanted to connect with like nature again. And I felt like that really, like that goal and that purpose was really fulfilled during my time in Hawaii. And just like being super independent and being by myself and like figuring out everything and then also making friends from around the world was just a really eye-opening experience for me. And then another way it changed my life is I committed to becoming vegan. Um, for a handful of different reasons. Um, that's like one of my biggest accomplishments is like when I was 19 this past year actually, um, it was like really stepping into, really committing to that adventure and looking back, of course, like things could have happened differently, but I don't regret it. And I was just so excited to talk about because it really was life-changing. Okay, and then after Hawaii, I came home for the holidays and I worked a bit. 
I love my job. I was a lifeguard at my local pool in Portland. I was just having my mind and my body was having some weird reactions to like anxiety based on the people I was working with that I'd never experienced before. So I got like, I was really confused during the two months I was home um, from November to the middle of middle of November to middle of January. I was working and I just didn't feel like I was supposed to be working this job anymore. Oh, my body was just aching. I would like, I never had anxiety attacks, but I would like be in the break room, like by myself. And I like call my mom and I'd be like, mom, I can't be here anymore. Um, and so I already planned a trip to Costa Rica starting in the middle of January. So I was like, okay, I'll just do a couple more shifts, a couple more weeks, and then I won't look back. Like I'll have to find another job when I um, come home, I guess, or something. Um, so I'm really glad that I was also able to put that um, job behind me. In our world, I also feel like there's a lot of um, pressure on staying in your job, especially my job was very social and I had a lot of friends there. And of course, you don't want to leave your friends and you don't want to explain. Like, of course, I had great relationships, but in that job. But it's hard to explain like the deeper reasons, like the deeper personal reasons why you leave. Um, but it's already a weird time. So I just kind of said I was leaving for my next trip. And then I kind of left it at that. And I still have my friends. And of course, when I came home from my next trip, which I'll get into in a second, the whole coronavirus was happening and my job, my previous job was shut down anyway. So it was just like, oh, things just worked out in that sense. Okay, and then for the rest of my gap year, I was in Costa Rica for uh, seven weeks total. I guess two of those weeks were in Panama, but I was doing a language immersion in Perez Celedon in southern Costa Rica. And that was also a really cool experience because I got to live with local host family. And I also got to find out um, more about what my personal travel style is because the first half was with a group and I kind of found out that I don't really like traveling in huge like groups that are super organized. I like being able to be a bit more independent. So that was opening and I'm grateful for that experience too. And then, yeah, then I went down to Panama for a couple of weeks, tried to do a work away there. It didn't work out, but um, overall it was a good experience. And then I came home and I've been home ever since. Yeah. And then something I haven't mentioned yet is after Hawaii, I did a lot of reflecting and stuff and like the whole thing with my job. Obviously, I didn't want to go back to that job. And I came across um, something that or something was just telling me to start my own business. And so I kept thinking, I came up with a few business ideas and then I found um, a business coach. I was like, this seems oddly like good timing and like I had enough money to like commit to like a program that she was giving and like 
kind of get a taste of the business world. And then like by the end of that, I was hooked. Um, and so the past six months in January, I've been building my own business. Going back to the beginning of when I was first deciding to take a gap year, I knew I wanted to f- travel with purpose and I wanted to find purpose in my life because I feel like that's a lot of things people our age kind of struggle with, especially with all of society's pressures, like creating my own business kind of, I just feel so purposeful. Like I help people and I get to fulfill my needs. I get to do what I want. I get to like creating your own business basically means you get to live the life exactly how you want it. And that's kind of how I want to live my life. So it's just everything has with that has kind of worked out perfectly. Yeah, that that's awesome. That's so cool. Can you talk a little bit more about kind of like purpose and goal setting while traveling? And definitely like kind of in this new age of travel, we definitely need to focus on kind of traveling with more intention and with more purpose. But for the new age nomad, what's a way that you say that other people can do that for themselves and for their travel experiences? I kind of focus on obviously traveling with a purpose. And I feel like one way to do that is having a travel goal. So um, what this travel goal kind of consists of is um, where you want to go, but not only where you want to go, because sometimes people just go to go to see something, um, but kind of what you want to do there and how you want to do it. Um, So for example, my goal for Hawaii was to volunteer and make a difference but also being able to connect back to the earth and I was able to do that through volunteering at the sanctuary and um that goal was met and then um it was purposeful because I did something there to make a difference I did something to help educate like people around me I it made a difference in my personal life too I feel like traveling with a purpose is really important in today's world because something I try to teach is everything you do is kind of, is make, not kind of, does make an impact no matter what it is. And travel is so popular and such a desirable like thing to do. I feel like travel is the perfect way to make positive impacts. By doing that, you can learn and educate the people around you and also be very like aware of what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. And definitely traveling with purpose makes you become a more thoughtful traveler and be more aware of kind of the way you're traveling and what impacts you have on the places that you're going. Um, and like yeah. you said, it can allow you to travel with a more positive purpose. But again, there's that flip side of then travel can sometimes be unsustainable and can make negative impact. Can you talk a little bit more about that and maybe ways to become a more sustainable traveler? Yes, the negative impacts of travel would include kind of going someplace without really researching the area, just kind of going for like the perfect Instagram picture or to say you've been there, which is very negative because then you don't make connections with people, then you kind of like aren't aware of where your dollar's going. And you should be aware of where your dollar's going when on the road, because you can either be supporting local families who need the money, 
because sometimes you're traveling in places where these families are not paid a living wage or they're not, they're not making enough money. Um, so if you're paying locals, then that's good for the place you're going for. It's good for the local economy. But if you're paying like huge touristy companies, you want to make sure you want to kind of find out where your money is going because then maybe large corporations who don't necessarily need that money are getting it. And then what are they doing with that money? What are they doing with that their company? Everything, like I said earlier, everything's kind of connected. Um, obviously, there's a huge climate issue right now. And some large industries, some large companies contribute horribly and drastically to um, the climate crisis. So you want to make sure especially if you're going to be a mindful and purposeful traveler that you're also mindful of that. And then you also need to be mindful of your interactions with locals and even in just like restaurants. Like, I mean, people do it here in the U S they're just so rude to their waitresses. But if you travel somewhere like, and you don't know the language, but you still travel somewhere. And then there's like this language barrier. And then you start like, getting mad at the waitress for not understanding you for your order or they're being quote-unquote slow um it's just really rude and it puts a stain on tourists because then they're going to be like oh another tourist is here yay I got to deal with this uh shit (laughs) um And so that's another thing. When you travel somewhere and you don't know the language, be mindful of that. Like prepare yourself and know the basics. Know, I feel like the basics would include kind of directions and like food and like help me and like bathroom, obviously. Just like those basic things so you can communicate in a kind and efficient way. And if you're having trouble talking to someone in a different language, be patient because uh, this is also based on one of my experiences when I was traveling in Costa Rica one of my friends was doing this and just being super rude and it was just disheartening to watch and I felt so bad for this waiter and this girl wasn't even trying to learn Spanish which made no sense to me but um (laughs) because we were there for Spanish immersion that language is one thing to be more sustainable traveler and then being aware of like your carbon footprint and like obviously for the sustainable traveler for the new age nomad we might be concerned about our carbon footprint and that a huge impact on carbon in the atmosphere is from airplanes and I feel like a good way to combat that is like carbon offsetting so at home you can like be planting trees you can be taking short showers you can be eating less meat especially less beef um since they contribute to a lot of raising cattle requires a lot of water and there's a lot of like methane gas put in the air and all that jazz um it's really cool when I was traveling a lot of people like washed their clothes by hand and they hung dry it that's a lot more sustainable too um another way is like avoiding fast fashion and like getting your gear and your clothes from like thrift stores or like uh, thrifted gear. Uh, I feel like that's just a glimpse into being more sustainable nomad traveler. Yeah, definitely. And I think you touched on this a little, but kind of, I think the environmental aspect also goes hand in hand with like the slower travel. 
because when you travel slower, you're more intentional about where you're spending your money, where you're spending your time, and then how much you're using transportation. Um, and even in the location that you go, you can do carbon offsetting. And so talk a little bit more about in your, so in your gap year, you were talking about how you traveled to Hawaii and you've talked to me a little bit about this, but you were able to budget your trip really well where you only ended up spending, was it $2,000 for two months in Hawaii? Yeah, it's a bit less than that. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about consciously spending your money while traveling, but then also kind of like budgeting your trip and like how to spend your money before your trip and on um, and on your travels. Yes. I, yes. Um, and going back to Hawaii, I spent like, like uh, Julia said, less than $2,000, which um, amazes a lot of people because I even did a little research um, people usually spend about that much on like a 10-day trip to Hawaii and uh, people are kind of amazed at that but uh, before I touch on like the budgeting aspects I want to say a bit more about the slow travel um, slow travel like makes it so that you can be more aware of your money and where it's going and then also you when you commit to slower traveling, you can budget your money and find places that are really affordable. Um, For example, like one of the places I stayed in Hawaii for five weeks, I didn't have to pay for any lodging or food. And that was found through Workaway, which is like obviously going to save you a ton of money if you can find the options. And I, there are lots of options like that on Workaway when you have slow travel, it's kind of, it becomes your lifestyle. You kind of get to experience random experiences, unique experiences um, that might come up that not necessarily doesn't have to be born from a tourist attraction. Like you can, you feel like you can, when you're slow traveling, you can feel like you can avoid all the touristy stuff, which also goes back to like being more sustainable because sometimes the risky over touristy things aren't sustainable. Yeah, and then you can really budget your money. So what I did was before my trip, I had my amount of money that I was going to probably spend. And I think it's important to have more in more than you think you're going to spend for like emergencies or anything like that. And like, so you can also be home when you come home, you can adjust easier and you don't have to go straight back to work and you have some extra money. So I planned and budgeted based off of these workaway experiences and you kind of take into account all the essentials. So like where I'm going to stay, transportation on Oahu and and lots of places all over the world, there's really efficient local public transportation that's pretty affordable. So that's what I did when I was on Oahu. And then food when you're alone, you can kind of budget your food. And also when you're traveling, maybe just don't eat out a lot, especially if it's long term. And they're super like easy, like travel meals that you can make in hostels and at the place you're staying. I guess those are the main things I kind of took into account because like the water, you can drink the water in where I went in Hawaii, recap budgeting and then making like the minor sacrifices so not eating out only buying like essential things not participating in the over over touristy attractions 
which results in other unique experiences and then finding affordable places to stay. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think that taking advantage of those woofing and the workway opportunities is an amazing way to travel. Would you recommend that for someone who's starting to travel to do a workaway or a woof? Or do you think that's something that like a more experienced traveler should participate in? No, I think anybody could participate in it. It's definitely what we what you want. Like when you participate in those things, you also give up some you have to realize that you're committing some time to these other people to Oh, basically what woofing and workaway is, is basically you're volunteering for free and you just have to get yourself there. And sometimes you have to pay for your food, but they're most definitely going to give you a place to stay. I'm not going to say you give up your freedom. Sometimes you're on someone else's timeline. Like you have to do, like if you're workawaying or woofing on a farm, like got to wake up at seven so we can do work, work chores, farm chores at eight. And then I would really like us to work on this project this week, this day, this time. So kind of that, but usually the hosts are really flexible and they, they want to help you have a really great experience. And they also want you to be able to experience things outside of the like homestay. So I definitely feel like anybody could take advantage of these opportunities. Yeah, that's really cool. And what's really cool about those programs is that you're able to stay long term. So that's a way to make travel kind of like a permanent lifestyle. Um, With that comes also the concept of maybe overstaying your stay in one place or another. Can you touch a little bit on on that and kind of time wise how workaways work and woof? Well, workaway and woof's like you can do a one week commitment up until like six months or like a year. It's like definitely up to you super flexible from my experience so overstaying your stay looks like you have other plans but then you get super comfortable in one spot and so you stay there instead especially when you're solo traveler this can be harmful to yourself because then you don't stay true to yourself and your needs and then and then it just becomes kind of like maybe you have like a really good time with these people but then you don't move on and then you kind of miss out on other opportunities and at the time, it might seem like the best idea to just kind of stay. But if you have other plans, this is like, I guess, one thing I wish I would have done. Stay true to yourself with those plans. Because if you feel comfortable in a place, then that means, especially when you're traveling, at least, that means you've kind of gotten out. You've like learned the lessons that you needed to learn. Of course, when you're solo traveling, you're going to be scared whenever there's something new that comes up. But that's the beautiful thing about solo traveling and traveling in general, because then you can look at that with a positive and growth mindset and then tackle it and learn from that and see how that new transition kind of pushes you to grow more and learn more. My personal example was my first two weeks in Hawaii, I was staying in this hostel and then I met amazing people there and I was like, okay, I'm going to stay there for the next two weeks. And then by the fourth week, I was like, I need to get out of here. Like, it's becoming too chaotic for me. I've been with the same people for a month now. Like, they're great people, but obviously sometimes people get on your nerves. That's one example where I should have gone to my next location. I don't know. There's good things and bad things that come from both. Like, I met, like, my best friend that I've been friends with since. Um, If I would have moved on, I would have never met her. So, of course, there's like good and bad things about both, but that's kind of touching on overstaying your stay. 
Definitely. That's really interesting what you just said about um, kind of that, that feeling uncomfortable. Like once you've felt comfortable where you are, it's time to move on um, because it's, it's interesting because yeah, it's like feeling comfortable, the uncomfortable is kind of the whole point of travel in a lot of ways, yeah. personal growth. And so, mm-hmm. and so that checking, that's a really interesting thing to deal with internally because it's like, sometimes when you're traveling, you're always uncomfortable. So sometimes you're like, oh, I really, I'm really craving that comfort. So you want to stay in a place for a really long time, but sometimes that's going against exactly what you're trying to get out of travel. Definitely. Like, of course you want to feel comfortable that you feel safe, but like trying different things and like moving on and meeting new people is a good way to like keep pushing those personal boundaries in a positive way. Yeah, and kind of feeling stuck in your ways is not what you're trying to do when you're traveling. You're trying to keep moving and keep growing. On that, can you talk a little bit about what you're doing with your business and kind of um, how you've made travel kind of your full-time job um, off of your off of your gap year experiences? For me, I found that I love travel. I feel like it's a really good teaching tool and learning tool, and it's the way that I want to I kind of I found out that it's kind of the way I want to express myself and share and like educate people on the life you want is possible. Yeah, about six months ago now, in January 2020, I started creating my business. My business is called the Starheart Traveler. It really focuses on getting women in particular excited to travel and I really focus on teaching the idea of holistic travel, which I'll touch on in a second, and then also planning and budgeting an affordable trip to like their budget needs and their wants, emphasizing that no matter what your budget is, you can travel. My audience is like the younger crowd, and I know like we don't have as much money as older people do. That's even better because you get to create more authentic experiences. Like luxury travel takes away from like the sustainability and the new age part of travel like of course like every once in a while it's nice to just relax and but what I focus on is more of the personal growth and saving money and making connections and growing and being a good traveler and so like I have a few like I have a program where I really go in depth of what holistic travel does I also help people budget their travels And then I also have some other, like, just like a course of how to like budget your travel. So holistic travel is kind of the idea of looking at being aware and mindful as you travel, mindful of other people, mindful of the environment, mindful of yourself, being aware of all those things. Um, We're also taking account of environment, sustainability. This also like goes back to like being purposeful with your trip having those goals, making sure you're staying healthy and like, especially when you're solo traveling, like putting yourself first. And then it also looks like knowing the history and the culture and like being prepared in those ways. Like, I don't believe like you need to be prepared for everything. Being prepared to be a like respectful and aware traveler. And then it also comes back to like, being able to grow from those experiences that's really what I touch on in like my business is um holistic travel that's so cool I love that um and I know that for myself and we're doing very similar things um that from 
building a very similar um, travel business to you, it's it's been a really like incredible journey and it's awesome to kind of follow like what you're passionate about and then help other people do what you're passionate about. And then for other people that are trying to do a similar thing to what we're trying to do with travel and making it a full-time job or a side job, like what advice would you give to someone that's trying to make travel um, their job and how do they approach that? Definitely make sure it's something you want to do for a long run because traveling can get tiring. Like obviously you don't need to be traveling 24-7 around like every single day of the year, but like being able to be passionate about what you're teaching like I believe lots of people are wanting to travel but that doesn't mean like you have to be passionate about it but and then even on top of that maybe you're just having an online business so that you can travel more I guess yeah just being passionate about what you're doing and then like if you're going to travel with your business your business is your baby like make sure you take care of it even on the road while also taking care of yourself and making sure you make time for you and your business um on the road I know that can be challenging but especially if you want it to be if you're in it for the long run and you want it to be profitable then sometimes you have to make other types of small sacrifices yeah definitely And then kind of going off of that, what advice would you have for the new age nomad, um, for the next generation of travelers? Get excited. And if you're going to do anything, make sure you travel with purpose and kind of a goal in mind. I feel like that that thing can, those two things can really set you up for a successful trip. No matter what you do and how you do it, travel with purpose and a goal, and then you'll have a great experience. Yeah, definitely. And that's kind of the new age of travel, hopefully, traveling with more purpose and more intention while thinking more sustainably. Um, And I think that your business is doing an awesome job at providing that for young travelers um, to start thinking that way and developing the new age of travel. So that's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It's been great. It's been really great to talk to you today and about everything. And you're really great to get to know. Thank you. And so you as well. Um, me and Sydney are also working on a few collaborations with Generation Nomad and Starheart Travelers um, and everything that she's doing. Um, and so we'll keep you in the loop about those things in the next few weeks and the next few months. We're going to be focusing on the new age of travel, how to travel sustainably, um, just kind of digging into holistic travel and everything that we talked about in this episode. Follow Sydney on Instagram at what is the handle? Sid underscore soy. Great. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Hey everyone, and I hope you enjoyed the episode. Just a reminder, if you want more um, talk and information from Sydney and I, please register for the webinar this Wednesday at 11 a.m. And we'll be covering all things new age travel and sustainability. Um, So go to the link in my bio at Generation Nomad on Instagram to register um, and you'll be in on that conversation. Have an amazing week.